0: Hello and welcome to the podcast summary of the IWSB meeting held in New York, December the 5th to the 9th, 2016. I'm Bev Bollman, Acting Technical Director, and I'm joined by Professor Arnold Schilder, Chairman of the IWSB, and IWSB members Fiona Campbell, Rich Scharko, and Megan Zitzman. Welcome all. Arnold, could I ask you to start with an overview of this week's meeting?
1: Well, thanks, Bev. Let me come back in the end with a couple of relatively minor points but let me start with quoting what i quoted in the beginning of the week which was first an email by yourself i said well this looks like a herculean effort to move so many projects forward i also quoted an email that i got from somebody who's very involved with our work i said well i'm struck by the enormity of the board's current agenda and the person added particularly as each of the working groups and task forces seems to be, uh, to be approaching their projects as fundamental reimaginings of not only certain requirements, but the logic underlying the standards altogether. And the last quote comes from a recent article by David City, who is also understanding our work very well. And he wrote, the IWSB having reformed the approach to reporting, is now engaged in the most wide-ranging review of auditing standards for many years. Much has changed in the business environment since the last significant review of the content of auditing standards was completed almost 10 years ago. New standards are likely to be effective in the early 20s and they should help the aim of continuous improvement of audit quality." End of quote. I thought that was very well captured. And Looking back to what we did this week, you see that reconfirmed in all the projects and the discussions. So let me stop there um, and let's first move on to an overview of the various projects that we discussed. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Arnold. We've heard from a number of our important stakeholders that ISA 540 is a key project for the IWSB and there is a need to complete this as soon as possible. So Rich, as chair of the ISA 540 task force, can you tell us a little bit about the important discussions and decisions made by the board this week, as well as the expected timeline for completion as this has recently changed?
2: Sure, Bev. I think we had a successful IWSB meeting this week. The message from the board was the draft was progressing well. Many positive comments about the task force work and and its responsiveness. Key issues discussed? Strong focus of the meeting of the work effort. Recognition that the subject matter is complex. The task force can do more to simplify and clarify the requirements in the wording. There was support for objective-orientated work effort. There was also support for including a requirement on when the auditor needs to test the operating effectiveness of controls, a key issue for some stakeholders. We also talked about the threshold for when the objective oriented work effort is triggered. This is very critical. Consideration for both inherent and control risk while recognizing the separate or combined assessments can be done under ISO, 500, uh, sorry, under ISO 200. Considerations of the consequences of a low ROM or not low ROM, and whether the assessment includes an expectation that controls are operating effectively. Also discuss whether consequential amendments to ISO 500 for external information sources, previously referred to as third-party pricing sources. There was support for addressing this in ISA 500. We recognize a need for the question in the explanatory information to avoid unintended consequences relating to this uh, amendment. Regarding the timeline, there was more time uh, needed for approval, so the approval is now planned for March 2017. We think this is needed, as it is important to dealing with these very complex issues in a timely fashion. ISO 540's project timing was framed around moving quickly as possible in light of IFRS 9's application date. We made our best efforts to approve an exposure draft in December 2016. However, we believe issues needed more time to mature and for further board discussion. So now the plan is instead to issue the ED in March 2017. This means that a final standard could be expected in March 2018, with an effective date possibly sometime in late 2019. We will bring several issues for discussion to the IWSB's January teleconference.
0: Thank you, Rich. The ISA 315 project is also very important, and some of the concepts therein are integral to many of our other priority projects, including what we've just heard about ISA 540, quality control group audits. Fiona, as chair of the ISA 315 task force, can you tell us a little bit more about the board's discussions about the work of your task force? Thanks, Bev. We
3: had a great morning on Thursday. It was very productive and uh, very constructive suggestions as we continue down the 315 journey. Many of the recommendations and proposals that the task force made were supported by the board, which was fantastic, including support for our efforts in trying to demonstrate how 315 is applied in a wide range of circumstances. And this support also included the way we've tried to explore scalability in relation to the five components of internal control. There was of course great balance to the discussions we had and there were areas also where the task force had been asked to consider some additional points raised and to also provide clarity on what is actually being proposed. Of course, it's relatively easy to support a principle or a direction the task force has proposed, but the real challenge will come as the task force tries and operationalises our thinking. In particular, as we develop the application materials and as we work through any proposed drafting that may flow from these principles. One area we continue to be reminded of is as we work through the issues in the 315 project plan, is whether the option to perform a separate or a combined assessment of inherent and control risk is retained. A great suggestion was also made when the Board was discussing a possible change from material classes of transactions, account balances and disclosures to significant classes of transactions, account balances and disclosures is uh, the suggestion was to talk with the PCAOB about observations they have not only related to their standard PCAOB AS12 compared to ISO 315, but also any observations relating to them having used significant instead of the word material. Uh, when we discussed adding susceptibility of fraud as our fifth quantitative inherent risk factor, uh, we received mixed views from the board, so we'll go back as a task force and discuss that feedback in relation to that matter at our next task force meeting. In terms of the spectrum of risk, which we discussed also, um, we really only discussed it from the point of view of a spectrum of inherent risk. Um, as a task force, we absolutely still need to explore further the overall spectrum of risk of material misstatement. But the board did give us a, a clear steer that we should avoid defining any categories along the spectrum that we were discussing. Um, obviously, other than the, the um, categories which are already uh, existing in the standards, those being significant risk at one end and those that are at an acceptably low level at the other end of the spectrum. The concept of significant risk continued to be explored with the board also, and while there was support for adding likelihood and magnitude to the considerations, there was also a caution and a reminder that likelihood and magnitude didn't only relate to significant risk. There was also agreement that significant risk should be, and should remain to be, a subset of inherent risk. When we talked about the lens of difficult for the entity to control, we didn't receive as much support for adding it as a requirement within the standard. But instead, the board felt the task force should consider using the concept of difficult for the entity to control in application material. And that would be a way of maybe helping auditors understand what we mean when we talk about significant risk being determined by considering the nature of the risk as one of the considerations.
0: Thank you Fiona. We look forward to hearing more about this at our March meeting. Another area where we have a great deal of overlap between projects is quality control and group audits. At our last board meeting we heard about the feedback from the invitation to comment And since then, the working groups have been working hard to distill the issues and develop a project proposal in moving forward on these topics. Megan, could you perhaps tell us a bit more about the project proposal?
4: Sure, Bev. Uh, I guess first off, we're very pleased that the board has actually approved the project proposal, uh, subject to a few changes that we received from board members during the week. Um, But this project proposal sets out the work that we intend to carry out with respect to these two important areas, quality control and group audits. As you may, if you've been tracking our work, you know that we've been looking at these two topics together because of the degree of interaction and the extent of the crossover of the issues, and that was why we put the two uh, topics into the same project proposal. Um, There's already been a lot of consultation about these uh, topics. Um, We did, um, again, as many of you may be aware, um, a very extensive consultation last year and, and through the, the through the course of this year, um, which we, we summarized into our invitation to comment, um, and that set out in a lot of detail the various different issues that we're looking to explore with respect to these topics. So accordingly the project proposal is maybe a little bit more succinct than some of the other ones that we've seen recently, um, but notwithstanding the fact that it is supported obviously by the very extensive analysis in the ITC. The timing of the projects also takes into account the uh, degree of interactions between all of our other projects. So for example, quality control at the firm level forms the foundation for quality management or quality control at the engagement level, and that then has a t- a, an effect on um, on a group audit as well. So they're very interrelated and we've got to make sure that we keep all the sequencing lined up. Um, the other important project is the one that Fiona was just talking about, ISO 315, um, as that really does have also an um, an impact on on quality at the engagement level and forms the foundation for making sure that you have the ability to identify and assess risks to quality at the engagement level and and including in a group audit. So we've carefully worked out all the necessary sequencing of these projects so that we can address the issues at the right time and keep everything coordinated. The project proposal also specifically takes into consideration the proportionality and the scalability of our standards. And this really gives in in gives regard to the particular challenges uh, faced by smaller and medium-sized practitioners and those performing audits audits of uh, small and, and medium-sized enterprises. Um, We've had some questions with respect to the the structure of these standards and we've decided that it makes sense to move forward with the substantive issues and thinking about how we are going to address them and we will come back later to figure out exactly the the format and the structure of our output. So, for example, whether there might be a series of standards um, at a firm level that address quality management. Um, and maybe, for example, whether we might have a separate standard to address a discrete topic, for example, um, maybe engagement quality controls reviews might be a, a, a candidate for that. But we decided it's best to focus on the issues rather than get caught up in the in the form at this point. So we're the working groups are excited to become task forces and um, and commence work.
0: Thanks, Megan. One of the proposals in the ITC that gained a lot of interest from the stakeholders was about incorporating a quality management approach into ISQC1. Megan, could you please explain a little bit more about the board's discussions on the principles of quality management as they could be in ISQC1?
4: Sure, i happy to. Um, I think the board was very supportive overall of the direction that's been proposed by our quality control working group as to how to um, approach the incorporation of quality management into ISQC1. Um, we talked in, uh, specifically about how the components of quality management what they would be and how they would interrelate. We spent some time looking at a proposed revised structure of ISQC1. We discussed how the elements of ISQC1 would be transposed into a new ISQC1 under a quality management approach, and we also looked at some of the challenges around how the standard would be scalable, yet retain its robustness. Um, there were some questions raised during the week and during the discussions about some of the components um, and, wh- and how the working group had described them and depicted them, and where they sort of fit with, within the context of one another. Uh, so there's a little bit of uh, work, I think, for the working group to do to go back and look at some of that. Um, suggestions were also made that we could look at more clearly aligning some of the terminology with that used in the COSO um, integrated framework. Um, the board also highlighted the necessary link with the IAASB's audit quality framework um, and encouraged the working group to look at ways to create those bridges back to the, the quality framework and really challenged that um, you know that, that there are logical points of connection and we need to draw those out. Um, it was also emphasized that uh, it, it's really important to uh, focus on how quality management would be would, would operate in the context of a network firm, um, and that needs to be addressed within the standard. Um, and the board was also of the view that the whole aspect of change management with respect to this project is really important, so that as we develop, uh, whereas as the working group goes forth with developing um, the proposals in more detail, it's really important that we think about how to clearly articulate what we are trying to achieve. Um, and, and really be talking to our stakeholders along the way, so that we can be, um, you know, we have the best information we can as we develop this. But also, that um, people start to understand what this means and start thinking about how the behaviours will need to change as a result of the revisions to our standard.
0: That sounds very interesting, and I think most of our stakeholders will be very keen to see how SQC One will further evolve on this basis. The other area that the QC Working Group has been looking into is engagement quality um, control reviews. Megan, do you, could you highlight some of the key er, er, um, aspects that were discussed by the board this week?
4: Sure. Um, yeah, we've had a couple of discussions already on this very important topic um, and the working group came forth with some very specific rege- uh, suggestions this week, including even some suggested drafting. Um, the board in general agreed with the direction of the working group's proposals. Uh, we talked about the objective of an EQC review, and potential updates to the definition. Um, we talked again about the scope of engagements that, that, that could or should be subject to an EQC review, um, and we also spent some time talking about the nature of the matters that would be subject to an EQC review, and the timing and extent of that review, and also how it might be documented. Various suggestions were provided to the working group for to consider as they carry on with their work to um, to draft the requirements, um, and this included consideration of the following, so in developing the scope of the engagements that would be subject to an EQC review, um, the point was made that it's important to focus on the risks that are being addressed by that review. Um, in continuing to think about the, uh, the criteria that might be used to uh, identify engagement that should be selected for an EQC review, um, if the the point was made that it really is important to be focused on the public interest characteristics, so the board was supportive of some of the, of the working group's initial thinking in that area. Um, and also, the board was supportive of retaining the concept of the review being performed on or before, before the date of the audit report, but also supportive of messaging and, in, and making it clear that this is not something that's just done right at the end of the audit, that, the, that it really should be done on a timely basis at appropriate stages through the audit. Uh, we also um, provided some input to think about how to um, address the EQC reviewer, looking at the various phases of an audit, but recognizing that sometimes the phases might not be very discreet, and certainly in a smaller engagement, you may have um, you know kind of everything going on all at the same time. So we need to be careful that we don't build, build something that's overly, overly cumbersome or prescriptive, um, and then that it really won't be workable. Um, And we've also got some input around continuing to build out the requirements around the documentation that provide evidence of the review.
0: And of course whatever happens to ISQC1 would have a ripple effect on quality control at the engagement level. Megan, um, you're the chair of the Crossover Working Group and we know that they've spent some time thinking about the elements of ISA 220 and how these need to be enhanced and evolved in addressing the issues identified in the ITC as well as new elements that need to be introduced. Could you tell us a little bit more about the board's discussions on the direction of this standard?
4: Sure, Um, and thanks for that introduction because obviously the standard is very much interrelated and hinges upon what happens at the firm level. So the crossover working group is the group that's working on this project and shared their views with the board about some of the possible changes that might be made on ISA 220 with some suggested enhancements to really show how to embed the principles of quality management at the engagement level. So we talked about the... Um, the extant requirements, we talked about introducing some new requirements for performing a quality risk assessment um, and also emphasising the importance of two-way and ongoing communication among the members of the, team, of the team. The board was supportive of the general direction of the proposed enhancements, um, and, and some <laughs> of all of our other projects provided some specific feedback for the, um, the working group to consider as they continue to, to, to develop the new standard. They emphasize the importance of coordination with the the ethics board as well as the education board on any changes or consideration of changes. So specifically, um, although that's not necessarily the intent of the group to look at changing some of the definitions like network or engagement partner or engagement team, but an acknowledgement that if, if that is start is something that starts to be explored, it will be important to coordinate with, um, with the IESBA on that. Um, and then on the education board side, it was really around the area of the articulation of, of competencies. Um, the board highlighted the responsibility and the accountability of the partner overall for audit quality, um, and noted that, you know, in, in larger engagements, or as a practical matter, some of that responsibility might get delegated. Um, but they also encouraged the working group to really think carefully about how to how to deal with those and make it clear that even if something is delegated, the engagement partner still retains overall responsibility. The board also encouraged the working group to look at, at situations where you might have. Um, the partner who takes responsibility for the engagement being different from the person who is actually the one who's who's required by law, regulation, or or some other requirement to sign the report. Um, Relating to the new quality risk assessment at the engagement level, um, the working group certainly needs to think more about how how this will be flushed out, um, and how also importantly to distinguish the quality risk assessment from the process to identify and assess engagement, uh, sorry, risks of material misstatement, in the context of the audit, they were also challenged to think about how the process might differ when you're looking at a first-year engagement as opposed to a continuing engagement. Um, the board was supportive of the new requirement for uh, for, com- for communication among the members of the team, but cautioned that to be mindful of not making this too prescriptive, such that it would be um, unworkable, uh, particularly in small teams. Um, and then, with respect to the uh, requ- uh, requ- uh, enhancing the understanding required for the acceptance and the continuance of an engagement, the board welcomed the more proactive consideration of these matters at an earlier stage. Um, and then, lastly, the, I think the last important message that the board provided to the working group was the importance of remembering professional scepticism and how that needs, to, how that can be enhanced um, in in the drafting of the requirements. So, a lot of work for the crossover working group to to take on, um, but. We're looking forward to it
0: Thank you Megan Arnold I'm going to turn back to you now to talk a little bit about the approved work plan for 2017 to 2018 and also there were some other interesting um, discussions on various matters during the week
1: Yeah I'm listening again to my colleagues and again it's overwhelming what what came to our table this week and the progress that was made so it was in the end all about enhancing order quality and Rich mentioned that um, we hope to finalize the exposure draft on 5.40 in March, which is one quarter later, but we're very encouraged by both our Consultative Advisory Group and the Public Interest Oversight Board, you need to take the time that is needed to arrive at high quality. As one board member said, it better late than ugly. Um, so I'm pretty sure that we will come forward in a very beautiful shape with this project and others. And Megan mentioned professional skepticism. Um, let me single out that one as well. Um, our chair of the, I should say, joint professional skepticism working group because it comprises not only representatives from our board, but also from the ethics and education board. The chair, uh, Annette Koehler, presented an overview of activities Um, invited uh, Richard Fleck, the ethics board deputy chair, to provide an overview of some activities related to skepticism at the ethics board. But also she uh, explained future work, um, amongst others, um, to develop a joint stakeholder communication publication of skepticism. Um, But rightly, Megan mentioned that uh, the professional skepticism group has already impacted strongly on almost all of the projects that we just have discussed to how can we further enhance skepticism on whether that's fair value estimates or risk assessment uh, quality control etc so it's a very important group but we're very pleased that we can do that in cooperation with the two other standard setting boards and even another group uh, i should mention is our innovation working group which is uh, led by our deputy chair chuck lenders and Chuck is a great presenter, so he took us through recent developments in the areas of uh, cybersecurity, uh, blockchain technology, non-gap financial measures. So we try to look a bit forward, and it's certainly an area where, uh, first of all, we have to educate ourselves on what's coming up, and then, of course, later on, and how should that impact on our future agenda. And that brings me, what you just mentioned, to our work plan for 2017 and 2018. It has been unanimously approved, which is always great. Um, and there, of course, you will see all these projects that we now have discussed coming back. And there was a very clear message from the board um, and our stakeholders who we consulted around the world on our priorities, said, well, keep your focus on the project that we have. Only start new projects if you're more or less done with these. Um, the two projects that we have signaled, in addition to what you have heard before, is um, continuing work on agreed upon procedures where we have published recently a discussion paper. So that might result in a revision of standard 4400. And in all fairness, some say, is it as important? I think we owe it to many stakeholders around the world because it goes beyond uh, audits, et cetera, um, but this is also an important area. And the other uh, project that we signaled at the horizon is what we call audit evidence, and that might bring together what we learned from our uh, data analytics consultation, the work on professional skepticism, but also many questions from regulators and practitioners, in the end, when do you have sufficient um, audit evidence to be sure about your conclusions. So we have highlighted that in in the work plan, and uh, the board also reconfirmed our strategic objectives that surround that. Um, we have a timetable included that, of course, is on a best effort basis, and we will be transparent about the timing of all these projects. And, well, as we have seen with 5.40, now and then it can change, but that's just part of life trying to do the very best job in the interest of enhancing audit quality. My last comments perhaps should be with um, two board members that we said goodbye to, uh, Jean Blascos and Maren Kalsal. And if you take a look on Twitter, you will see some of their pictures. And um, great, great board members. I call them giants. And we're so very thankful for their many contributions and insights over the last six years. And thanks to them, we have progressed a lot in our agenda for auditing insurance. So I'm really very grateful. And um, as people wish each other happy holidays, I'm sure they can join it and it will be happy holidays. And finally, I should also mention that staff did great efforts to get all of this process through and therefore um, we thank staff cordially, and in particular also you, Beth, as the uh, acting director. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Arnold, and thank you to everyone. Um, as the board moves forward next year, we look forward to the um, discussions and seeing the progression on these pro- um, projects in these critical areas. The next, uh, the IWSB's next physical meeting will be held the week beginning March 13th, 2017, and it will be held in Lima in Peru. At this meeting, um, we will be looking at issues and having discussions relating to ISA 540, um, expecting the approval of an exposure draft. We'll be discussing ISA 315 um, on selected aspects within the standard. With regard to quality control at the firm level, uh, um, ISQC1, There are various issues we will be discussing around monitoring and remediation and governance and leadership. Um, We will also be discussing um, across both at the engagement level and the firm level um, issues related to network firms. We'll also be looking at group audits um, with regard to professional skepticism. There will be a discussion on a joint publication with the IESBA and the Education Board related to comments from the ITC and other outreach targeted at our stakeholders. We will also have an update on the coordination with the IASBA by the IASB, and lastly, there will be some feedback from the s and conference that is scheduled to take place in Paris in January 2017. The board in the first quarter will also hold two teleconferences um, in January and February. The meetings are open to the public and members of the public may register as observers. Please register as early as possible for observer status for Peru in 2017, as the registration closes two weeks prior to the start. More information is available at our website, www.iwasb.org. This concludes the podcast summary of the IWSB's December 2016 meeting. Meeting highlights and a full audio recording of the board discussions are also available on the IWSB website. Listeners can also follow us on Twitter at IASB underscore news. Thank you for listening.